Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. And we are joined by Uke at Uke underscore NFL, our official belly up sports draft analyst. <laughs> the, the certainly the most productive one. Uke, how you doing today? I'm great, man. Thank you for having me on. This is great. So I say official in air quotes because obviously you do a lot a lot of stuff with Belly Up, but in the last couple months, it's been a lot of draft focus. How many articles do you have a count? How much stuff did you crank out and prep for the 2022 NFL draft? Oh, man. So I think in terms of just individual scouting reports, I think it's been already close to 100, something like that. But uh, just like 100 individual players. But then I also put out a few... Uh, like yeah, I think two mock drafts and then, you know, like a, a, a big board that I keep updating, um, a scouting guide, things like that. But then also just over the last couple of days, I posted like a positional breakdown for every position in this draft. So there have been a few other articles, but I feel like the the scouting reports have been like the, the main one, the, almost 100 of those. <laughs> so we're easily over all put together. It's easily over 100 then, right? Like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Phenomenal. And again, that's I'm not, I, I don't mean to sound like thank you for doing the work for us because now I get to read your stuff and sound like I know a lot more about <laughs> what I'm, what for I'm sure, doing. Man. You know, nothing I love more than doing work for other people, man. It's, uh, <laughs> it's when I wake up. <laughs> this is the midterm. The midterm is brought to you by my bookie. My bookie, you can bet on anything, including prop bets in the NFL draft. We'll get into it in a second. Make sure you just go to FN Sports, double deposit up to a thousand US dollars on my bookie. You, before we dive into the bets on the NFL draft, there. The NFL draft has become a spectacle. Some people are really into it. Clearly, people like your audience would be very into it. Um, when did you get into the NFL draft? What, what was the, When did that spark? So that's actually a great question. It was something about, like, I think six years ago, maybe even seven, where I just, I, I every year I feel like I, you know, I, I, in my time zone, you know, where I live, I wake up the next morning after the draft. You know, and I was always waking up the next morning and seeing all these players that were selected. And it was always like, there, there was just, I didn't know any of these guys. And I had like this burning desire to know more about these prospects. And I, the next year I just sat down and before the draft, I remember I scouted like, I think the top few quarterbacks and then like, you know, most of the top first round players. And then that kind of turned into like this snowball of just every year, every year that went by, I started scouting more and more players until I got to a point where like, I think already three or four years ago, I was making like these full Excel sheets with like breakdowns <laughs> of like a hundred plus players, you know, their strengths, their weaknesses. And I wasn't even doing this for, for, you know, any official network. I was just doing this for myself. You know, I would sit down with my buddies. I would go into the draft with like this big, you know, board, this whiteboard. I'd write down all my predictions, things like that. And I figured, you know, before this, this draft season, I was like, man, I wish I could just, you know, take all of this, this stuff that I do and put it towards a network. So, you know, I, I reached out to a bunch of places. Belly Up was, was the one that seemed the most exciting to me. So, you know, I jumped on in. Uh, 
guess the rest is history. The rest, <laughs> but well, you know, the next hundred plus articles. Um, yeah, <laughs> that that's fascinating. I have to ask: Are you also a fan of a particular NFL team? Was there a team that was that six years ago, or was are you a Jets fan because they draft the top of the draft every year? Like, what's the thought? What are you What are you looking at? <laughs> so I'm actually a diehard uh, Baltimore Ravens fan. Huge. And I got to say, speaking of how, how that relates to the draft, the, the Ravens always draft well. You know, there was this thing, I think, in Ozzy We Trust. There was a hashtag in, in Ozzy We Trust. Ozzy Newsom, legendary general manager for the Ravens. He stepped down a couple years ago. Eric DaCosta has done also a great job instead of him. They, the Ravens constantly bring in these, these underdrafted players and turn them into quality starters. I love the Ravens drafts. But uh, I, if I just could highlight, there's one draft that really threw me into like a whirlwind of emotions where it was the year they drafted Lamar Jackson. And I loved Lamar Jackson coming out of college. And this was, you know, they had Joe Flacco when Joe Flacco was, you know, declining. And I was praying that they would take Lamar Jackson. And I think they had, I don't remember what it was. I think they had picked like 16 or 17 or 18, something like that. And it gets to their pick. And I was like, there's no way Lamar Jackson's going to be on the board. And it gets to their pick and Lamar Jackson's on the board. And I was sitting there, I'm looking at my buddies. I'm like, all right, this is it. We got Lamar Jackson. And the Ravens traded down. I was like, ah, no way he's available for their next pick. And then the picks go by and we get to their next pick and he's available again. And I'm like, all right, now we get Lamar Jackson. And then they trade down again to 25. And I'm like, what are you doing? Just take your guy. And then the picks get down to 25 and Lamar Jackson is still available. And they take Hayden Hurst. And I think I threw a table and I was like, what's going on right now? You know, we have the most boring roster in the world and you take the most boring player in the first round, Hayden Hurst, a tight end, you know, and then I was just beside myself. I sat the whole rest of the first round just with my face in my hands. I was, you know, mourning the the loss of this draft and then they traded back up to pick 32 out of nowhere, out of the blue and take Lamar Jackson. And that like the moment that that happened, I was just, it was, it was crazy. I can't even describe it. It was wild. <laughs> I, I was about to say, I remembered them trading back. I wouldn't have known that they were interested at, at all. I knew that I would assume they were looking for a quarterback, but <laughs> Hayden Hurst has to be, when you talk about like the boring Baltimore Ravens, like the quintessential boring player. He's a kind of a standard six, four, He's good, but not great tight end. Like, <laughs> just, you know. Yeah, not um, flashy, not athletic. You know, I mean, if it was Kyle Pitts, that would be – it wasn't even like nothing. You know, nothing. Just boring. Well, and only because I pulled up the draft history when you said that because I wanted to make sure I wasn't wrong. Later in the draft, they actually get the better tight end. They got Mark Andrews later. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> same year, same year. Yeah. Fascinating how that works out. Yep. No, I, I will say – Maybe it's because I really liked Bateman a year ago going into the draft. And, I, you know, the Marquise Brown pick, I think, worked out obviously pretty well. I, I do think that the Ravens have picked fairly – like, it's always interesting, and then it has played out well. Are you excited? We'll get to more specifics in a second. Is there anyone you really want them to go grab in this year's draft? So, I feel like there's, there's a few ways that the Ravens could attack the draft. A position that I really want them to attack is offensive line. I feel like the Ravens were at their best, were, you know, the the front runners for the Super Bowl back when Lamar Jackson had his MVP season, and that was all predicated on their run game. And when their run game wasn't a focal point of their entire team, then they just weren't the same team. And instead of trying to, to shy off of that, I feel like build more on that, on their strength that they have. And the way to do that is to boost their offensive line, which has taken a step down since that, you know, Lamar Jackson MVP year. So a guy that I really like is Zion Johnson. He's actually one of my, I think, top seven or top eight players. I'm really high on him, the offensive guard from Boston College. If they take him, I would be over the moon. I just, I don't think it's going to happen. They're probably going to go like, 
defensive line or, or you know, edge rusher. And th- th- there's no one who I'm really wait, very excited for at 14 at that. <laughs> so you're saying that you feel like they're going to go edge rusher, even though you don't want that. Is that why you fired off? A t- so we're recording on a Tuesday evening afternoon. Is that where I fired off a tweet earlier about like, there's really only three edge rushers worth taking. <laughs> are you, are you trying to speak to the organization there? <laughs> uh, look, man, if they're, if they're reading my tweets, trust me, I'd be saying a lot more, but, <laughs> but nah, there's, yeah, there's, there's no one. I just, if they take, you know, the next guy available would be Jermaine Johnson. I doubt he's even there at 14, but you know, they're just on the buzz about him. But even if he is available at 14, I just don't see that as like a, a good value. You know, the edge rusher class, this draft is so deep. There are guys they could take in the second round who are going to be just a tad worse than the guy who they can get at 14, whoever that is. So unless it's one of those top three guys, I would attack, you know, more valuable positions, positions that you'd be getting a, a much bigger drop off going into the second round for. Fair enough. I just thought it was interesting that you mentioned, I was like, I think I just saw a tweet on that. <laughs> All right. So as we mentioned, my bookie really does have, we talked about this before the Academy Awards. You can bet on anything on my bookie, including the NFL draft. There are things like who will be the first drafted pick or player at different positions, who will be the first overall pick. They go all the way down to like the seventh overall pick. Um, a number of different things here, You, but you scan the list. What bet would you give the best grade? Like what is an A-plus bet? Got to go put money down right now on that. So if there was one that I really like, I would say here, let me look through my list here. I would say probably offensive linemen. Um, they have a, a over under seven and a half offensive linemen in the first round. I would smash that over because it's, first of all, it's plus money. It's at plus 150 to over. So that's that's a, already a good bet. But there's, I feel like the the it's not going to be any less than seven. Automatically, you have three offensive linemen with Zion Johnson, Kenyon Green, and Tyler Linderbaum. They're going in the first for sure. That's three interior offensive linemen. And then you have the big four uh, offensive tackles in – sorry, I think even five offensive tackles, which is already eight, which is you have you know the big three, Neil Cross, and then Iquanu. And then you also have uh, Ryman and Penny who are all going to be first-rounders, and then maybe even Tyler Smith from Tulsa could sneak in there. You might even see someone else sneak in there just because, you know, offensive line is very valuable. I feel like there's no way it's less than seven and a half. That's the first one that I really like. The other one that I really like is is Jermaine Johnson, is the over-under where he gets drafted at nine and a half. I feel like his his the earliest he gets drafted is 10, and the over nine and a half is plus 109, so that's plus money. On, on a bet where he's not going before 10 and the over-under is nine and a half. So that's an easy bet for me also. Interesting, because I, I think the offense, and I, as an offensive line guy myself, I appreciate that many guys going the first round. It's It also strikes like half of the players on offense at all times are offensive linemen. Like, just uh, statistically speaking, that feels like a valuable, sp- like the broad, like not center versus guard versus tackle, just all five of them feels fairly interesting. All right, talk to me about... The the my bookie best bet or the the favorite I should say the worst bet probably is at negative two twenty five they've got Trayvon Walker going first overall. Now I've seen a lot of mock that I've made in Hutchinson, and bluntly in like September I thought we were talking about Kayvon Thibodeau right, and they all play a similar position. I guess Walker's more versatile, and maybe is that why he leapfrogged or why is Walker the favorite on my bookie to go number one overall. So, yeah, this has been probably the biggest draft storyline for the last, you know, month or so. Uh, and actually, interestingly, it all started, and this is one of my favorite things about the draft. It all started when uh, Maurice Jones-Drew came out with the mock draft, putting Trayvon Walker first overall. He was the first one to do that. No one had done that <laughs> before him. And once he did that, 
the very next day, the Vegas odds for Trayvon Walker to go number one overall shifted like a large amount. And all of a sudden, everyone was like, wait a second, maybe this started something. And people started betting on this more, and, it, and it, this train kind of got out of hand. But here's the thing. I don't think that Trayvon Walker is a perfect fit for number one overall. He's just – there's way too many questions. He wasn't productive at all in college. He did very, very little. Um, yeah, he's a freak athlete. You know, when it comes to the edge, edge rusher position, there are very, very few people who have the physical traits that he has. And when you get a player like that, it's very hard to pass up on him just based on how rare he is. But at the same time, he he wasn't productive, and he's going to be switching positions from a three or a five tech at Georgia to be playing a pure edge rusher in the NFL. So it's going to be not only a position switch, but again, you're asking him to do have more production in the NFL than he had in college. It's just it, betting on the the athleticism is great, but I wouldn't do it at number one overall, especially when you have a guy like Aiden Hutchinson, who is just who maybe not just as good of an athlete, but close to as good of an athlete as Trayvon Walker, and he was way more productive in college. So it's really between those two. It's not going to be Kayvon Thibodeau anymore. He just wasn't that, that dominant in his last year at Oregon. And he has the, the everyone says, the character issues in his uh, – he, he could rub a few people the wrong way. Let's just put it that way. <laughs> so between Walker and Hutchinson, I was I, I felt like Hutchinson was was the obvious pick up until actually just like a couple of days ago where there were some rumors where Trent Bulky and Jim Harbaugh shared a history back in, in San Francisco, in the San Francisco days, and they did not get along. And they had like a big uh, blowout there. And a lot of people are saying that it's very possible that Trent Baalke, who's the general manager of the Jaguars, won't draft Aiden Hutchinson because Aiden Hutchinson's a Michigan guy. He's very close to Jim Harbaugh. And that might be the reason why he doesn't take Aiden Hutchinson. Now, that might sound ridiculous, but NFL decision makers have made huge decisions over much less. So <laughs> I, I feel like at this point, it, it really might be Trayvon Walker. You know, there's also rumors that Aiden Hutchinson went to go visit the Jaguars and that they weren't sold on him. It's just the... The rumors are, are are swirling, man. That's why Trayvon Walker is is minus two twenty five here, and Aiden Hutchinson is plus money. So, I think Trayvon Walker is is the right pick here. That's what's interesting. There is that again. It's it feels like some teams just are bust probable, and I don't. I haven't seen a mock where Walker falls farther than the Jets which means I think he's a perfect Jet. He's like, I don't know if this will work out. And then he, he, he's on the Jets. Um, the Jaguars, I think, are a team, though, long story short, that is in the same boat with all the stuff a year ago. But they also they had the one year they got to an AFC title game. Like, it felt like without throwing a pass. But outside of that, they really continually, like, draft a bunch of guys that end up either working out elsewhere or, or stuff like that. On the quarterbacks, not that this is a quarterback-heavy draft, and it's not the kind of draft that we had, you know, a year ago or a couple years ago, like where you have three or four guys to go in the top 10 and those kind of things. But you do have Malik Willis and Kenny Pickett. Um, I think, again, we're talking about like where we were in September. Sam Howell, I guess, is technically also on this list somewhere. Malik Willis, I see as the favorite here at minus 165. Kenny Pickett, they got a plus 150. I feel like I've seen Kenny Pickett mocked higher than Malik Willis. But I also feel like I like Malik Willis. So I, what, what's happening there on those betting lines? So I actually – I highlighted this as one of the, the bets that I really like. It, Malik Willis, uh, in, the, in the consensus eye, I would say, he is a QB1. I actually don't think so. I have – my quarterback rankings are very different from, from most of the consensus. I have Desmond Ritter as my QB1 and then Matt Corral as my QB2. So I wouldn't put Willis or Pickett as my QB one, but when it comes to who's going to get drafted soon earlier, I feel like the, the Panthers are, are taking Kenny Pickett. I don't think there's any chance they take Malik Willis because Matt rule and their general manager, 
I, I think it's Terry Fontenot or it might be Scott Fitter. I remember it's one of those two, but their, their jobs are on the line. And if they take a guy like Malik Willis, there's no way Malik Willis comes in and is ready to start and play well week one. So what they're basically doing is they're saying we're taking a project year and they already have basically one more prove it year. So if they take a quarterback like Malik Willis, you could just, you know, fire Matt Rule right now and fire the general manager right now. You know, there's no reason to really to wait this out a year. I feel like they, they're both going to gonna be pushing for Kenny Pickett, who's a little bit more pro-ready and maybe has a little bit less of a ceiling, but, you know, they, they want production right now. Well, and it's funny how, like, the politics of that shapes a draft pick as valuable as, you know, a top top five, top two pick. You mentioned Desmond Ritter. I saw him at plus 2,000. I get why he won't be the first quarterback drafted because he's from Cincinnati, and I guess that is the bet. I'm like you, though. I... I'm surprised that people have him as that far separated as, as a as a draft pick. Is is that small school bias in Cincinnati? It, it, he feels like a certified pro to me when I watched him play for a couple of years now. Yeah, for sure. So so I love Desmond Ritter. I feel like in a lot of ways he actually reminds me of Deshaun Watson. So uh, it's a it's he's just a winner and he does so many things well and his accuracy is a little bit you know a hot is very hot and cold. But at the end of the day, he just does so many things well and he is like you said such a pro. Um, he should be the first quarterback drafted, but at the end of the day, the Vegas betting lines, you know, are, are, I feel like are more reflective of just the general buzz of what's happening right now, you know, because when you have, if they were to put Desmond Ritter as, you know, a close, maybe even as the favorite to, to be the first quarterback drafted, everyone will just look at the buzz where they see on none of the mock drafts that that's happening and everyone will bet the other way. And Vegas never wants all of the the betters to be betting on one side because that's how they lose the most money. They want it to be as split evenly as possible and that's how they win. So regardless of what's true or what's not true, they're, they're always going to be playing the market and the market is saying the fans are saying the people who are betting are all betting on Willis and Pickett. So that that's why they're the favorites and not the other guys. I, at least I think so. <laughs> no, I, I think that's fair. It's just, it's, it's wild to see. Like if you'd asked me in the college football playoff, Who's the best quarterback in college football? Like, yeah, probably the kid of Cincinnati. Or the best, like, pro eligible, obviously, Bryce Young. Oh, yeah. And a year from now, but different. You mentioned some of these bets you really did like. What other bets get high grades for you? What are the things you think are worth putting money on? So uh, we spoke about the whole Trayvon Walker and Aiden Hutchinson thing, number one overall. So just playing off of that, Aiden Hutchinson, I feel like is he – I mean, yeah, he's minus 248 to, to be uh, – uh, what's it called? There's, there's an over-under bet of where he's going to be drafted. And the over-under is one and a half. So – it's minus 248 that he'll be selected after the first overall pick. But I just feel like that's, it's such a guarantee at this point. You know, there's no way that he's going to be drafted for, I don't see it anymore. That he's going to be drafted first overall. So that just seems like such a safe bet. Yeah. It's, you know, it's not a big bet. You won't make a lot of money, but it just feels like such a guarantee. Uh, on top of that is there's the whole offensive players. Uh, how many offensive players in the first round? How many defensive players? The over under for offensive players is 16 and a half. The over under for defensive players is 15 and a half. I just feel like you got to hit the over on the offense and the under on the defense. I just had a mock draft. I did like a mock draft. I'm actually about to post it on belly up where there were 19 offensive players selected in the first round. And that might even be low because, you know, teams are going to be pounding uh, offensive line. Always. They always hit offensive line really hard. And um, wide receiver is always a big need that teams at the end of the first round are going to be coveting wide receivers. And then there are a lot of rumors that, you know, quarterbacks teams are going to be trading up into the end of the first round to grab some of these quarterbacks. Because, you know, with with a quarterback drafted in the first round, you get this extra fifth year option. So offensive players are always a little bit more coveted than defensive players, especially the way the league is is progressing. 
So with 16 and a half, I just feel like that's, it's obviously going to be over. And then once you're doing that, you know, going under 15 and a half for the defensive players is just kind of like, you know, playing off of the same bet. It's <laughs> if that's going to happen, then this is going to happen. So you may as well bet it and, you know, just r- raise your chances. So you're, you're saying not to head yourself to double down. <laughs> yeah. I would, you know, if, if it's a safe bet, always double down for sure. But as I was going to say, I feel like, 16 and a half on offensive players. Like, do you think more than half the players are? And I think the league just hedges offense. And then you hear about things like the receivers in this draft. Then you hear about things like teams trying to trade up to get a fifth year option on quarterback. So when the end of the first round, I, I think that does feel like easy money on the receivers in this draft. I felt like in October, November, December, even we're hearing about how deep this college football or this NFL draft of receivers will be. Is it too many guys? Is that why we're not talking about one going super early? Or what's what, what can you tell me about the receivers in this draft? There's a couple different bets we can make on receivers. What, what can you tell me about them? So the thing about the receivers, I feel like, is, you know, there's it's unlike other years where there's no really top guy. You know, every year there's kind of always seemed like there was a wide receiver one, someone who, who we were very comfortable with coming into the NFL and being that, you know, dominant one wide receiver for a team but I don't really feel like that exists this year you know even the top guys they all seem like really high-end wide receiver twos on any team with a potential to maybe be a wide receiver one so uh, you know I I don't really see that's why I I have a hard time seeing a wide receiver go in the top 10 it might still happen but I don't really see that happening just because of of from a value perspective but once you get out of the top 10 there are plenty of wide receivers who would go in the first round I could even see as high as eight wide receivers going in the first round which would be just unprecedented having a quarter of the first round be wide receivers but uh but you have that kind of depth of talent in the first round and because all these wide receivers are so different you know usually when you have a position that's so deep with so much talent teams usually wait until the later rounds but with this wide receiver class they're all so different that teams are really going to lock in on the type of receiver that they're interested in. And they're not going to want to take any of these other guys. They're not going to settle for someone else and they're going to prioritize this player. So the wide receivers are actually going to retain their value, even with such a, a deep uh, position class. And, and, and the next is an O sense receivers can come in and play almost right away. You mentioned like the Panther situation. Quarterbacks don't, can't always do that. Linemen can't always do that. Defensive players, maybe even like the speed of the game is a secondary guy you get worried about. Receivers is come in, run this route, catch the ball, run fast. Right? Like I don't mean to like oversimplify a guy's job or whatever, but I, I do think that it's the quickest plug and play position outside of like running back. Again, you mentioned eight receivers go in the first round, be unprecedented, but like you could see that many guys the first round type of grade of the guys in the first round potentially. Who are you putting money on to go first receiver off the board? So it feels like just based off of everything that's happening, that it's probably going to be Drake London, just because he's the most unique, I would say, just with the way that he he attacks passes in the air, the way he plays kind of like a basketball power forward, where he is just so big and so dominant and, and he catches every single 50-50 ball. I just feel like Drake London is should be the favorite to be the first wide receiver selected. I even think that the Packers might be trading up with their two picks all the way up in the top 10 to take Drake London. He's exactly the type of receiver that they usually go for. So Drake London would probably be the, the, the favorite for me. Maybe Garrett Wilson could make it in as number one. There's some buzz about Jamison Williams. Jamison Williams is definitely the most talented wide receiver in this class. But because of his recent ACL injury, I don't think he's going to be the first selected. So I would say it's either Drake London or Garrett Wilson, probably leading a little bit more towards Drake London. Well, and Jameson Williams is interesting because had he not gotten hurt, obviously, it'd be a whole different story. You're drafting him, and it feels really like you're trading your pick to the 2020 
three drafts because he's not going to play for you. You feel like he's not going to play for a year, right? And that is a dramatically different kind of impact. Drake London at USC, I, I don't feel like I heard the same kind of buzz until like NFL draft season started. Like there was not this college football buzz around USC like there is when they have a bunch of pros, certainly not when they have a standout pro like that. What is it about the off season or the pre-draft season that has like led to this like great rise in Drake London? So I think he had a little bit of buzz. We're hearing a few storylines, but yeah, like you said, he wasn't really dominating the headlines, but first of all, USC was kind of a, a dumpster fire the past couple of years. So that kind of suppresses the the hype and the, and the buzz around players like that. But also once you get into the draft process and you start analyzing it and especially seeing the other receivers in this class, you see that there isn't really any other receiver who can do something like Drake London. Yeah, he has massive flaws, you know, like he's not a good separator, which is a huge red flag for wide receivers. But there is no one in this draft class, and there are even very few guys in the NFL who can really attack those 50-50 balls and contested catches the way Drake London can. You know, I would say maybe, you know, like the Devontae Adams, Mike Evans, you know, he's up there in, in that type of talent and and when it comes to contested catches. And there's no one else who can do that. So just the fact that he's so unique and, and has such a rare ability, that's that's really uh, raising him higher and higher. And so the guys we've mentioned, Garrett Wilson's at minus 116. Jamison Williams is actually at plus 176 and Drake London's at plus 230. There's a giant drop between that and Chris Olave at plus 1725. Any interest in throwing 100 on someone like Chris Olave or someone with bigger odds? Or do you really feel comfortable it's going to be one of those three guys? So if I were to, to, to just throw, um, to throw, like you said, throw a hundred on, on one of these sleepers, I would actually maybe do it on Traylon Burks just because the only way that it's not going to be one of those first three that you mentioned is I could actually see a realistic scenario where the Packers package or two picks trade up into the top 10 and take a guy like Traylon Burks. If the Packers are taking a wide receiver, it's going to be either Burks or Drake London. They're not going to take, you know, one of the more slender, lean type of receivers. It's not the receiver the type of receiver they usually go for. They usually go for the bigger, heavier guys. So if I were to put money on anyone, it's going to be Traylon Burks. I just, I, I love Chris Olave. He's actually my wide receiver one. I just, based on on everything that you're seeing with with mock drafts and and you know, following the draft, no one thinks that Chris Olave is going to be the first wide receiver taken. So I, I just, I you know, I, I don't see any realistic scenario where that happens. Maybe, like you said, a dart throw, i put it on Traylon Burks. Otherwise, i put money on Drake London. I feel like that's a pretty good bet. I, I think some of these bets are really interesting. And, and I, while I have you on here, not that I am a degenerate gambler trying to make money on your research. Um, I, I, I will say, as I look across this, like down to team to pick, Kenny Pickett is an interesting one. They have the same bet for what it's worth on Malik Willis. I I scroll through. Why Why does the picking stop at seven? And it, it has like a, a number of guys and has like potential to go in the number one pick, number two pick overall, number three pick overall, number four pick all. And it goes up to like the seventh pick overall, which I felt like was kind of a random stopping point. Is it because chaos is going to happen after seven or why, why is seven the cutoff line there this year? Well, I feel like it's always, you know, there's always a cutoff. Why is it seven? That's a great question. I actually can't, you know, don't really know the answer to that, but there's got to be a cutoff at some point, just because once you get, especially out of the, even out of the top five, you, you really have, you know, like you said, all it takes is one curveball and it throws this whole draft out of whack and you totally lose track of everything that's going on. And, and all it takes is for, you know, a few guys to, to put some bets on, on, you know, some lower guys, you know, also when you have, you know, like a seven or pick seven or pick eight, pick nine, something like that. Vegas is going to have to put higher odds for those picks just because the chances are so, you know, are, are, are much, it's much harder to predict those picks. So they have a much bigger shot at losing a lot of money. 
when it comes to those picks. I just feel like it's it's there's there's way too much involved <laughs> when it gets when you get later in the draft. You're just predicting too many things, so it, it doesn't seem like too too common of a bet. All right, last question before I get you out of here, and then I'll let you plug your stuff and tell me where to find you. But last question will be. If there is, you keep talking about Green Bay trading up, packaging their picks. I've seen a lot of stuff about Kansas City potentially doing that as well. Both guys that lost big receivers. We talk about the receiver depth. That makes a lot of sense. What What is the most chaotic scenario you see playing out Thursday night or throughout the weekend? So I feel like the, you know, if I would have, if I would have to say, I feel like the biggest domino to fall would be the Texans. So, uh, especially you, a guy from, you know, from Houston, uh, that might be, it might be a big weekend for you, but, well, but what are we about really, to do? <laughs> wait, wait. <laughs> I, I have no idea. Houston could go in like any possible direction. They could go anywhere and it wouldn't shock me. So they're really the first domino to fall and that would really affect the draft. You know, I feel like there's it, the only real thing that would shock anyone just because the, the, the talent in this draft is, is pretty predictive. There's pretty obvious tier breaks and I don't really feel like anyone's going to be reaching too far. The, the, really the only thing that would shock me is if, you know, a Saints or or someone else like that trades up into the top 10 to take a quarterback that no one predicted, like to take uh, Sam Howell or Matt Corral. And all of a sudden you have, you know, just everyone's just going to be shocked. No one's really going to know what to do with themselves. But there isn't really going to be anything, I feel like, that could just throw such a huge wrench into this draft that would totally throw it off whack. Just because usually the way that when, when something like that happens, it's very related to the quarterbacks. And there isn't really a quarterback this year or, or a list of quarterbacks this year that would be so impactful in the rest of the draft. Right. Which means that someone's going to be great, right? That's just the way that works out is that means like Ritter will be a 10 time pro bowl, like something crazy like that. will yeah, happen. I'm, I'm high on this, on this quarterback class. I really think that the Desmond Ritter and Matt Corral are going to come out of this class and are going to be real good pros, maybe even pro bowlers. I'm really high on those two. I feel like the, the narrative of this quarterback class is terrible has been pushed way, way, way too far. Okay, so then what is it about Matt Corral I'm missing? Because you're not the first man that says that, and I just don't get it. So so I'll just tell you, I, when I was watching his tape, he just – this is going to be a little bit crazy of a comparison, but he reminds me a little bit of, of Patrick Mahomes. And obviously I'm not comparing <laughs> to Patrick Mahomes. They're very, very different. He's never going to be Patrick Mahomes. But the way that Patrick Mahomes – I feel like what makes him great, aside from his arm strength, is his ability to run around. And he not just that he's more dangerous on the run, but he's so instinctive and the way he improvises and the way he sees and feels the field and is able to, to sense receivers getting open without even having to look at them. You know, he does that unlike any other quarterback um, in, in the NFL. And Matt Corral does that better than any of these other quarterbacks. He does it so well. He's mobile. He's tough. You know, he's a, he's a team's guy. He's a leader. And he has very underrated arm strength. You know, I just – he checks a lot of boxes. Yeah, his accuracy is not great. Yeah, he's a little bit small. But those aren't things that, you know, really deter me from just the talent. Like, he's not much smaller than Patrick Mahomes. So, I, I just – I really like uh, – He's a playmaker. He's someone who who he's either going to come into the NFL and bust, or he's going to come into the NFL and be a, a Pro Bowler, a massive playmaker. And I would bet on the on the former, on the latter. Well, and again, like if you're trying to like sell a guy like me, that's like, what's the deal here? Like, uh, he can be Patrick Mahomes. Like, I'm like, oh no, that sells me. That's 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 really, <laughs> yeah. really good. Um, you tell people where can they find your stuff at? Where can they find all? Again, you've written over a hundred things. Where can we find those things? Where can we find you and talk to you about them? So as of now, um, it's all still just on belly up. Uh, I'm working on hopefully maybe uh, uh, writing for a few other places, but that's still in the works. I'm not really sure where it's going to be. But uh, but as of now, just on belly up, uh, there's my author page. It's where you can see all my stuff. But really, if you go into to any of my main you know breakdown articles, like my positional breakdown articles or my uh, 
my big board, things like that. You'll have interior like uh, inbound links to all of my scouting reports. And you can really go from there and you have kind of like a menu <laughs> to really reach all of my scouting reports. Just if, you know, when you go to the author page, it's, you, you really have to navigate through like six or seven or eight pages of, of different uh, uh, articles. You can't really sift through them. So you should go to one of my main articles. That's where you can really uh, uh, get to any of my other articles. As of now, that's it. You can also hit me up on Twitter. Uh, you have my, uh, <laughs> my Twitter handle right there at uke underscore NFL. Uh, and that's it. You know, I'm always open for, for debates on Twitter. That's really it. <laughs> so if he is not Patrick, if Corral is not Patrick Mahomes, you can go complain at you. No, I'm just... <laughs> yeah, come right. at me, man. Come at me. Hold <laughs> me, me accountable all day. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Again, that's at Uke underscore NFL. Tons of great pre-draft work. Make sure you go check him out. Thank you for coming on today, Uke. For sure, yeah. Thank you for having me. This is great. This was a blast. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner.